I want your A game today, Dow. <laughs> no, no of the what we call the D game. I don't want to see any of the D game today. It's all got to be A game. Um, B game is acceptable. B game is better than A game, but no D game. What about Why a Z is game? Is it, how's, how's the Z game? Is that okay? Z? No. Oh, no. Unacceptable. I will be the alpha and the omega of isometric today. Whoa. I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're going to find out by the end of today. Wow. Okay. Okay. Whoa. That sounds ominous. No, you're going to find out by the end of today, Georgia. <laughs> no, you're both going to find out by the end of today. Uh, do we do we even want to do introductions? Hi there, just- welcome to Isometric. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brianna Wu. I'm here. I'm ready to start the show. Uh, hi, Brianna. What up? No, I'm Brianna. No, I'm Brianna. No, none of you are. Do you Brianna. think you're worthy to be Brianna Wu? Do you really, Dow? Do you really think you could pull that off? I'm not Dow. I'm Bree. <laughs> Why are you trying to impersonate me, anyways? I take offense to that. Good. Let's let's hear your best sassiest Brianna. Let's do that. Like like give that to you. What's something Brianna Wu would say? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! It is Bree. <laughs> It's a great impression, Georgia. It's very valuable. I don't know why you're calling me Georgia. <laughs> I don't know. Just a second ago, she said she was the Alpha and the Omega. Now she's saying that she's that she's Brianna. I I think that we might have an identity crisis that we need, might need true. to work out here at the beginning of the show before we can go any further. That's true. I, I mean, I think what we would need to do is ask a question that only the real Brianna Wu would know, and then figure out who the real Brianna Wu is. I don't know what that question would be. <laughs> I was like waiting for the question. What, what color is the Wii U? Bree. That's just cruel. That's just I, see, see, she doesn't know. What, what, doesn't what's know. the best EDM album ever made? Brianna oh, number one from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we yield to the Brianna from Canada. I hope I know any EDM albums. Um... When in doubt, say Justin Bieber. Say Skrillex. That'll go over real well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, cause, that will cause the biggest reaction. Um, I will say... Um, Celine Elmo's, Elmo's sing-along. <laughs> I, I, I love Check. Elmo. I love Elmo's recent album. He dropped some sick beats on, the, on that tune of uh, Happy Birthday. Check Steve, I will pay you all my Squarespace money to start the show I thought right said, now. This is the show. No, this is, is this not the show? the show. No, this is unacceptable. This is not the show. I think this is the show. This is not up to isometric quality standards. I'm pretty sure this is exactly up to isometric quality standards. Hi there and welcome to isometric. I'm Steve Lubitz. <laughs> and I'm joined as always by head of development and show starter Brianna Wu. Bri, how Thank you, you. I'm doing good. <laughs> okay, so let's start the show. Hi there, welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here as always with a future leader of the free world and Gaze Boss at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? I said nothing today until I get that sweet Squarespace check and that sweet, sweet Braintree check. Give me the money, and then we'll start the show. Bring it to my house. Bring me the Brinks truck of Squarespace cash. 
and Braintree Cash, and then we can start the show. I, I'm disappointed because I would think that you would want it delivered in a giant sack with dollar dollar signs on the front of it. <laughs> that's that's usually how I get my Squarespace cash. Yes, yes. I thought they gave it to us in pennies. No, no, no. no that's not. just you no. because they can't figure out what Canadian currency is supposed to look like. Oh, you don't have pennies. Oh, I thought you were going to say you don't have Ooh. money and you just got transcended to like a post currency world up in Canada that's <laughs> like a utopia full of poutine and joy. Like <laughs> how <laughs> you say poutine. Steve Lubitz, here are 15 reasons why your Canadian jokes are insensitive and problematic <laughs> from this perspective. Uh, so, so we also have uh, the representative <laughs> from Canada, uh, psychotherapist and uh, senior editor at imore.com and uh, skiing enthusiast, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm good. I'm good. Wake up, Georgia. <laughs> skiing enthusiast? What's that mean? Yo, I just going to say this, Georgia. Like, Brianna's name is Brianna, not Brianna. I like, can call my name oh, whatever okay. I want it to be. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just envision Georgia like wearing Fake. like a like a mirror mirror beard and trying to pass off as like evil Brianna. <laughs> Would it be a goatee with like a tribble under each arm? Yeah, or an eye patch. An eye patch. Ooh, and, I, like I really patch. thought about that. Like I could I, rock an eye patch. Yeah, I, I look good with the eye patch. The one problem is you can only see out of one eye. <laughs> you no longer have bifocal vision. I do. I have a I have an eye patch, like a fashionable eye patch from Danganronpa. And I think it's really cute. But it's like when I sometimes try to wear it out of the house on a date night, it's like I can only see out of one eye. And it, it gives <laughs> me a headache. it out on a date night. I have done this. The yeah. point is that when you get to the dark club, you switch the eyes and then you can see perfectly. Oh. No. No, 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 that's not how sight works, Steve. That's not, that's not it. I've had eyes all my life, Bree. Don't tell me how sight works. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, So we also have with us the man, the myth, the legend, the the Simone de Rochefort of Isometric, (laughs) um, senior editor at Newsy.com, Micah Sargent. How you doing, Micah? I'm doing so great, Steve. So great. My body is ready and I'm ready to make it weird. I, I don't. I don't. I don't quite believe that. I, didn't, I don't think you quite sold that well enough. Okay, let me try this again. <clears throat> I'm doing so great, Steve. My body is ready, and I am ready to make it weird. Micah, here are 16 reasons why your Samundi Rush for impression is problematic from a feminist perspective. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. Oh, there, there was not nearly enough discussion of trash burritos for that to be a good Simone de Rochefort discussion. Cultural yeah, appropriation of Simone. <laughs> Cultural Simone creation. Yeah. No. Well. No, don't don't make words up. That's my that's my department. Don't do that. Right, right, right. He's stealing my that. jobs, Micah. This is awful. <laughs> Dad jokes got that on lock. And now you're making up portmanteaus left and right? I don't know how I feel about this. I- I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, next thing you know, I'll be introducing the show. Hi there and welcome to Isometric. Oh, we've already done that. <laughs> too, too late. You're like five minutes too late for that. <laughs> so, Georgia, I wonder why you're sleepy today. Why? What's up? Am I not entertaining for you? What's what's going on? Bree, you're just not bringing it. I'm sorry. Oh. Usually, usually it's like full of spice, everything nice. But I don't know. Today, you're, you're, you're calmer. I, I don't know. I don't know how to handle that. I'm very... Meditation is working. Um, working a lot, <laughs> doing a lot great. of that. Yeah, I am a Zen master of calm. 
it comes across in my personality. No, seriously, why are you all sleeping today? Were you were you out like your your job like patrolling the streets of Canada for crime? Like did that keep you It's a lot of area to cover after all. I've been skiing. I've been skiing all day. It's freezing cold, but I am tired cuz I took skiing lessons because I'm a Canadian that can't ski. And so, uh, yeah, now I can ski and I love it, but I am so tired. If you're in better shape, you wouldn't be tired. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's right. That's right. I went there. I went there. Dropping yeah. the bombs. Oh, woman, it's on. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, to, before, before we end up in a brawl, should we talk about video games? Let's do this. Let's talk about another brawl. Yeah, so so we have follow-up both on Street Fighter and on Fire Emblem from last week. So has, has Street Fighter gotten any better, Brie? Yeah, uh, it finally clicked with me. Um, you know, all my criticisms for last week, they definitely still hold. You know, there's no arcade mode. Um, you know, like Armika, her boobs are deeply uncomfortable to like watch what happens to them uh like as you try to play against that character but um i have to say like i think if you've never played street fighter before and you can get past the porny designs uh this is it's it's a very differently paced street fighter it it rewards you for kind of uh, thinking about your your moves and being very slow and tactical in what you do. I, I had this moment where it finally clicked with me. In Street Fighter, they have certain moves that are called safe on block, right? So the idea is if Steve is, uh, if I'm fighting Steve and Steve throws out a roundhouse kick on me where I'm very close to him, that is a move that is not safe on block. So if I manage to block it, then Steve is going to eat a whole combo. There are certain moves that your character has that are safe on block. So uh, her her down and forward punch, uh, if I hit Steve with that and he blocks it, I can block right away. So it's not going to be a problem. I'm not going to eat a combo. So I ended up uh, like taking all these high-level strategies into my game. And I have to tell you, like... It is so awesome. This is probably how you feel, Steve, when you're playing, you know, Hearthstone and you're just on a tear and you're just trashing people right and left. And I've just been demolishing people in uh, online play. They they said something to Street Fighter, how they're not expecting this game to, you know, they're not going to like come out with the Super Edition a year from now. They're going to keep just rolling out DLC updates over the next few years. So... I, I have to say, I I think this is a game that has a lot of worth. It's like a if you're looking to get serious about playing fighting games, you know, it's worth the investment. You know, I'm definitely having a lot of fun. And Georgia, uh, you should play me. We should we should have a fight in video games. Oh, on a console? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're on. Okay. Do you have a <laughs> PS4? Do you have a PS4? Uh um. No. Then you forfeit <laughs> and I win. Oh, oh, so you so you win by default. That means I win. Yeah, a win's true. a win. A win's a win. A win's yeah. a win. Yeah. I'll take what I'll take like listen, I'll be cheap. I don't care. Okay. Wait, no, you don't win, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, you don't win at all. You, you don't, don't win, win just yeah. for being on this show every week. Wait, wait. <laughs> how do you win by not showing up? I don't yeah. understand how that That's works. That's the only way that have you never seen this movie? It's the only way you win. Is Georgia, do playing. you know who you're talking to? I, I probably haven't seen whatever movie it is that you're referencing. Uh, the only way to win is not to play. <laughs> See, I 
I, by not things. having seen any movies, your references are 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 useless on me, and therefore your your <laughs> argument is invalid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Georgia used movie reference. It's not very effective. Oh, oh, it's Ooh. a twentieth anniversary Pokemon reference. There, that's fantastic. <laughs> <sighs> I used to play Street Fighter all the time. Yeah, I used to. I used to. I used to play it like a lot until. Who did you main, Georgia Dow? I would usually play Ken. Ken? Mm-hmm. Oh. Ken. Isn't that, isn't that like the vanilla ice cream of Street Fighter? No, oh. No. Oh. no, no. Ken, Ken is if you're a scrub. <laughs> if you're a scrub, oh. I don't want no scrubs. Oh. So, so we have oh. jokes about Ken in the in the Street Fighter community that he is known as a flowchart fighter. Because he's so easy, you just follow like these five moves, like a flowchart, and beat people with him. Boy. So, so are you saying that Georgia that Georgia doesn't actually have any Street Fighter skill because she maimed the wrong character? Is that what, yeah. we, what we've decided? Yeah, so that's, that's, what I'm that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Uh, How do you respond, Georgia? I used to try to play Chun Li, but actually, I found her to be able to do all the combos. Just it was just way too much effort for me. So yeah, you're probably right. There's probably a reason why I use Ken because he was easier. Yeah, that's how I felt always playing as like Wolverine and Marvel versus Capcom 2. It's like I could learn how to do this or I could do like anything else. And I could never get the, the button presses to work right to ever execute a combo with him. It just seemed like it was it needed too much timing that I never had. Wait, wait, wait. You know how to play Marvel versus Capcom 2? I played a lot of Marvel versus Capcom 2. I was never any good at it, but I had it for the Dreamcast when I was in college. Yeah, and I played the, oh, the, the I played it enough to unlock all 56 characters in that game. Wow. Wow. But, but then I I was never really any good at it. I was always just playing against the computer on medium. Good enough to I knew how to do one combo with Jin, which was like way worse than whatever Ken can do because it was basically just down down medium kick and then up and punch to do his explosive thing where all his clothes came off. <laughs> and then that was and I liked him because that's Georgia made- Dow's favorite move <laughs> right there. <laughs> It's like it's the it's the uh, the reverse Street Fighter Five, yeah, of clothing choices. So What's when you come to our housewarming party, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play me in Marvel versus Capcom too. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a disaster. But I'm I'm happy to embarrass myself. It's gonna be your, great. Your, your whole family will be looking on yes. in front of your shame. <laughs> like, It'll be great. My, my daughters have seen me fail at video games so many times that it's not really a surprise to them at this point. So, so this is something Frank does. It's really, really embarrassing. And I, I know that you all can can appreciate this. So, like, you all have played, like, Street Fighter against people in arcades, right? Like, there's a decorum, yeah. right? Yeah. So you put down the quarters, you know, you wait to do it. So anytime there's a fighting game out, you know, in the, in the wild, like, you walk up to the person, and you're like, hey, uh, do you mind if I jump in? And, you know, you're trying to be all friendly and stuff, because it's a stranger. Like, you don't know if they're on drugs or whatever. Like, <laughs> you don't know anything about them. Like, they could, uh, I don't know, they could be a Trump supporter. You know, I don't know. I feel unsafe. So you try to be cool. And you're like, hey, can I jump in? So then I'll play them, and you know, more often than not, I will just annihilate them, <laughs> like like brutally. And you're trying to like play it off, like you, you'll say stuff like, "Good game, that was that was good." Yep, I got really close there. But then Frank will be hanging out on the side, and he'll be like. My wife just kicked your ass. Oh my god. She destroyed you. Wow. Oh, that wasn't even close. I'm like, oh god, Frank, shut up. <laughs> and then then like they'll jump in and like people like 
they they get angry and then they're getting angry at me and I'm like I'm just trying to play Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I'm not even shocked. That He's that's got what your Brad back. Does. No, he shouldn't. Because we played we played we played pool. <laughs> yeah, remember when you were yeah. like Frank, Frank, stop, Frank, <laughs> and then you gave him the look. <laughs> I did. I pulled him aside when we were out playing with Georgia. I go, Frank, dial it down, dial it down. Okay, like, it's like it's like that scene Force Awakens. Like, who's in charge now, Fasten? Who's in charge now? Dial it down, dial it down. That's Frank. So, 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 Bree, when you're playing somebody who's cool, uh, you know, other than me, because I I know that that this is not going to happen if you're playing against me. But if you're playing against somebody who you want to be polite to. Sure. Do you take it down a notch if you know that they're not as skilled as you, or do you just go at it and, you know, play your game? No. Okay. So there's a scene in one of my favorite novels, Shogun, where uh, General Tornaga uh, has one of his, he's out and he challenges one of his lieutenants to a swimming race. And uh, because he's a, a, a general and the, the person under him is not, they end up letting him uh, win the race. So then he takes that uh, lieutenant and puts him to death and <laughs> puts his whole family to death because you don't like cheat that stuff. It's like, no, your whole honor is on the line and I bring all of it. And I will destroy you. Now, that is different, of course, than the fine art of stringing your spouse along Mm -hmm. enough to let them, like, play with, keep playing with you. And this is a fine art of psychological manipulation, I find, (laughs) because you have to let them feel like they're going to win. And, like, sometimes you just want to, like, like, double perfect. And But if you do that, they won't keep playing with you. So you have to, like cheat and let them win around and then Frank will turn to me and he'll go like did you let me win and I'm like no <laughs> I would never do that that would be I an honorable no you're really good at this you're really good at this uh, but in public no I fight with the honor I, I'm just because I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this now because I've been having like friends challenge me in Hearthstone and I'm at the yeah. point now where like I just got to rank four this past month, so I'm like top one percent. Congratulations! Of Holy lord! Wow! And I don't know how to deal with it because it's like, well, do I pick a deck that I'm not comfortable with and just play it? Do I, you know, deliberately, you know, take plays to give them a chance? Like I don't want to completely go in with, you know, my my warlock deck that I took to rank four and just like wipe them out in three turns. Like I want it to be fun, but I I don't know how to deal with actually like being good at something and having to dial it back a little bit because I it's like I'm. I don't, it doesn't seem like it, but I'm like competitive enough that I can't dial it down when I'm playing against somebody. Like I have to go full on. Yeah. So I don't know how to deal with that when I want it to not be, you know, a a complete like stomping. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I do sometimes pick characters I'm less good at with with Frank because it gives you a chance to, like, you know, learn another character and give the other person a fighting chance. So, yeah, then it's more because it's not you don't learn anything by, like, stomping a noob. Right. Exactly. And it's not fun (laughs) at the end of the day. Oh, it's fun. Oh, it's great. It's great. (laughs) It's it's much more short lived fun because it's over so much more quickly. Yeah, but then it's like you're watching the other person hold down to the strands of self-esteem that they have left, and it's, I don't know, yeah. You know what? You know what's long-lived fun? What? 
Braintree. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experience in these apps seamless and magical, and now you can add a similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus those fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now, you can add a similar experience to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution. Support for all payment types your customers might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more, all with a single integration. It's with you across all platforms and with superior fraud protection and their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash isometric. Braintree. Give Brianna with that Braintree check. <laughs> Break down. Uh, I endorse this product. Put it in your product. Put it in your pocket. $50,000. So that's right. Braintree is not the Ken of payment solutions. <laughs> no, no, they <laughs> would be easy. Oh, so maybe it is the Ken. They're they're more the Magneto. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Like you, Braintree, you, they're the just Magneto. so OP that no one else can like fall. Everyone else falls before their Argosy. <laughs> that's <laughs> beautiful. Uh, beautiful. That's it. Uh, that's it. So, I don't. We don't even need to talk about Fire Emblem unless you want to, but. We can... Fire Emblem sucks. Save oh. your money. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Why does Fire Emblem? Yeah, 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 yeah. Suck? Let's okay. hear why Fire Emblem sucks, and then Steve, and why you rebut. Might it not because I just, I just bought, I just, I had it from GameFly, and I just kept it because I like it so much. So why, yeah, why do you like it. it? Why? What's well, up? I, Defend it. I find it relaxing, actually. Okay, I'm playing it on easy mode. I'm not playing it. At least the early stages are not a particular challenge. You're just kind of like a Zen state that I get into with it. That kind of moving the pieces around and going through the battles on, on easy mode without permadeath is kind of like, it almost feels like how some people get from like adult coloring books. Like there's just something very calming and methodical about moving everything around. And I, I enjoy some of the interactions between the characters. Like they're dopey, but they're, they're fun and kind of a, a quirky and weird sort of way. And it's just kind of got a, a very, you know, methodical, very, I'm trying to think of what the right word is. It, it's kind of like, it's the cyclical thing that I just kind of get into. Like, I don't play it for like hours and hours at a time. Like I'll play like a battle and then I'll put it down. Like it's not, it's not necessarily final fantasy tactics style. Strategy. Oh, see, but this is where we got to talk because yeah. we were on the show. We have videotape. We have tape. And I, you said, it's like final fantasy tactics. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to go buy it. And I go and buy it. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to have a deep combat system. And like, it's got to be substantive. Right. And it's not, it's not, you like move and like fight attack, uh, like on a top down battle. And it's like, I, I feel cheated. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, from what I, from what I understand, again, I've been kind of grinding out the early battles a lot to build up experience. And I've sure. been not, not really. I'm only at chapter nine just because I've been going through all the side quests and trying to build up the party as much as possible. Yeah. But there is more depth in terms of 
like the rock, paper, scissors mechanic between the weapons. And then there's a huh. lot more in terms of which skills do you bring to which battle and which which fighters do you bring to which battle to combat which threats. Hmm. And it does get more deep as you get into it, but it takes a really, really long time, at least in Birthright, to get there. Apparently, Conquest is more of like the hardcore version of it. Where a lot of like, there's a lot less room for error, and the and the battles are a lot more difficult, and there's a lot more to keep in mind. And Birthright is more of the you're newer to strategy to turn based strategy games, so we're going to ease you into it a lot more. Huh. Okay. Okay. That's legit because I was really okay. So if the strategy gets deeper, then I can see sticking with it, but. I mean, for the first, you know, I, th- I think I played five hours of it. It yeah. is shallow as frack. You yeah. know what I mean? Apparently, Conquest re- ramps up a lot faster than Birthright huh. does. So how much did it cost? Like, I noticed uh, this is really cool that they put out three different versions of it. And on the screen, like, you can, it can say, do you want to download you know, Conquest right here. Is it another $40 again? Or Well, I saw in the Nintendo Direct today... That apparently, if if you get revelations and you have one of the other two, it's twenty dollars. Huh. Um, I think that might be the same thing if you get conquest from birthright, but I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, and in that that article that I linked to last week, that I could link to again, birthright is very much for people who are newer or you know not looking for as much of a challenge, and conquest is even more difficult than some of the more difficult Fire Emblem games and Fire Emblem. Te- because of the permadeath predominantly has a reputation for being a very difficult hmm. um, series to get into. So conquest might ramp up a little bit better for you. Well, maybe I'll check it out. I, I'll, if it gets more complicated, I'll stick with it. But the, the battle system is really basic. And you know, frankly, I don't like the character designs very much. I mean, it's all a boobs in your face everywhere. That, that not is true. a great, uh, not a great look, but the, the, the 3d character models are like, short and stubby and you know, I'm very tall and skinny so you know I just I, I don't know it just doesn't it I, I can't groove on it do you know what I mean you know it might be that it's just not for you that's also possible but yeah. I you know I've read people who are way more into Fire Emblem than I am and I know that Electricore has written a lot about it because she's like super into the series hmm. and it does uh, and I think she's if I remember correctly she's a big Final Fantasy Tactics fan also yeah she is in birthright eventually it gets more difficult but conquest the the idea is that you're you just keep getting sent out to all of these uh all these different missions in which the the king is trying to get you killed so okay. it's like super it, it gets super difficult quickly and there aren't as many opportunities to grind for xp like there are in birthright okay so you you don't level up as hard as much and you and you have to make a lot more decisions because you're not going to be as powerful against the enemies Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Why don't we get yeah. to some topics that Georgia and Micah can participate in? <laughs> well, if Georgia would just buy a 3DS, then she could play Fire Emblem, and then she could be part of this conversation. She's sleeping. I have a Game Boy. You have a Game Boy. <laughs> uh, you could play Pokemon Red and Blue and be on, be on trend somewhere. like everybody else. I prefer else. Moon and Sun and Stars. Thank you. You prefer what? Pokemon Moon and Sun and Stars. Is that so? That's coming out, right? Yeah, at the end of the year, I think is when it's supposed to come out. They did the mm-hmm. uh, they did a Nintendo Direct about it, and it's so that's the new that's going to be a brand new version, but it's still going to be for the 3ds. So I want to tell you what the experiences of like Nintendo Direct for those of us that are not inculcated into Nintendo obsession, like like everybody, your entire Twitter feed's like. 
Oh my god! Like, you're like, blah, 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 Nintendo Direct, oh, you can't believe it. And then, like, you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot of really important information. And then, like, you'll go to the website and it'll be like, Mewtwo in another color. And that's it. And that's it. And you're like, what the freaking frack? What? What? Oh, I'm worried about my friends. I'm really worried about my friends. They're being taken advantage of by this cult. That's what it's like for the rest of us. But you can play as Tanuki Mario in Super Mario Maker, Brie. That's important information. Listen, this is all they ever get. (laughs) She's just feeling like the Church of Briannatology is threatened by the cult of Nintendo. (laughs) That's right. They're trying to get our followers, Micah. Kirby in a mech suit. Come on, you know. What did you call me? I called you Kirby in a mech suit. You want to make something of it? Uh, yeah, let's oh. go right here. Oh, jeez, that's rough. That's. <laughs> Dude, this is what happens when you have too much testosterone on the show all at the same time. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. lordy. That could be uh, rough. Anyway, so we, we, should, we should get into a more serious topic. And, and Ooh, again, uh, who's going to be part of the new Power Rangers cast? What? 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 Topic? Power Rangers? They're making a new Power Rangers go, go movie. Power Whoa! Rangers. I never liked the Power Rangers. <gasps> oh! Yeah, I don't Steve. get the Power Rangers either. I know. Oh. You guys. I tried. I, I tried. But it's just like a bunch of people moving their hands and arms a lot. And that's pretty much it. I was always more into cartoons at that age anyway. Giant monsters. Giant yeah. monsters. Martial arts. Working as a team? They hardly ever did martial arts, though. They did more just like, let's flail our hands back and forth and talk really fast like this, and then you will be impressed. And because kids just look at that stuff. You didn't watch it It was too hard to get into, though. It was was impenetrable if you just tried to pick it up randomly. This is a family show. I don't know if it was that deep that it was impenetrable. It was very deep. There was a lot of lore. It was there there were a lot of Wikipedia pages that you needed to follow up on back before Wikipedia existed. (laughs) It was it was very complicated. And you know, everybody who was a fan of the show just didn't want to let anyone else in. You know, the 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 fans of the show were just incessant. Yeah, those gatekeepers. Yeah. I I was so hopeful to be the pink power ranger, but anyways. I was too. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta show this to you, Georgia. So there is because you like good things. Um, <laughs> so the I people, am a connoisseur of good things, like the Power the Rangers. The people that made Power Rangers, they made a Sailor Moon live-action pilot. That Ooh. is the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and so we, we included it there. I'm so tempted to like play some of it on the show, but I don't want to F up my recording. So you've oh. got to see it. It's so good. Okay. It is okay. so good. Okay. It is so cheesy. It is, it is, oh, it just it transcends. It is all of your B-goodness. Sounds like uh, yes. Power Rangers thing. Very good. But oh, Sailor Moon. Well, while, we're, while we're completely derailing the show, I, I just want to make sure both of you have seen that you can get Sailor Moon eyewear now. Yes. Okay. Yes? What does that mean? What's so these- uh, they have a, a line of eyeglasses that is that are based off of the Sailor Moon characters. Really? So you could ha- you could wear Sailor Moon on your face, which is not does not sound nearly as good when I say it that way. <laughs> oh dear. Oh no. Oh dear. Anyway. Uh, all right. But I guess we since we've already gone off the rails, Micah, you want to tell everybody about something that that's fantastic and then we can get on to, to the topic that we were trying to talk about. 
You know, I think that that sounds like a great idea, Steve. And uh, something that sounds fantastic this week is Squarespace. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code Isometric at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Heck yeah. And don't forget to enter Isometric, not uh, Rocket or or analog or one of those hey, other your codes. Mouth. Watch your mouth. <laughs> With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. You know, like Sailor Moon glasses. Maybe you want to set up a website where you just keep track of all those Sailor Moon glasses. With Squarespace, you can build a Sailor Moon site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. There's no coding required, so, you know, you can really stand up to all those other people making those Sailor Moon websites. You'll easily be able to make your website look and feel exactly how you want. Like uh, you just drag some things around on the screen and suddenly it's beautiful. It's perfect. I'm crying. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and to ensure security and stability. That means that, you know, if someone links to your site, like our dear friend John Gruber, who loves Sailor Moon glasses, uh, your, site won't get, your site won't get knocked off the internet because so many people go to check out those beautiful glasses you've linked too. They're trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world, like Micah Sargent, the brand. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a story to tell you about Squarespace. The other day, a coworker came up to me and asked me if I use Squarespace, and I do. I use it for like four different sites. Uh, and he was hoping to put something together on a Squarespace site that he created, but he was having trouble... Uh, getting an image put in the right location and in the right uh, exact way that he wanted it. So I popped open my Squarespace site and literally moved my mouse across the screen and said, this is all you have to do. I clicked two buttons and suddenly he knew exactly what he wanted. He went uh, on his lunch break and while he was on his lunch break, he uh, readjusted his site, showed it to me, looked beautiful, looked perfect. And that was all through the simplicity of Squarespace. Our site templates are stunning to look at and they've got 24 seven support with live chat and email. So that means, you know, if you don't really want to talk to a person in person or, you know, on a call, then you can just email or chat them. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. That is so inexpensive. I can't even get over that. $8 a month and you can have your Sailor Moon website that you've always wanted. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, which you will, make sure to use the offer code ISOMETRIC to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for us here at Isometric, who just works so hard with our vocal cords to bring you joy, <laughs> laughter, and love. We love. thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So if I sign up for a year, I get like what what discount was that again, Micah? Was it ten percent? Ten percent off. So what if I promise my soul to Squarespace for all eternity? Do I get like a better discount at wait, that point? Wait, or, you've already uh, given your soul to me. You can't now give it to, to, to Squarespace. That's not even okay. You can't do a double deal George, with that. Georgia does have the demonic contract to prove that. I have it. I have it on she, paper. It's I right. got my phylactery Listen, back this, from Georgia. Hello? This is it right here. Uh-huh. Brianna's soul. I, I could still... You don't have a contract because I'm able to talk right now. 
Like this uses Little Mermaid rules. Oh. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't stop little you mer- speaking. <laughs> little Mermaid rules. Hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. I, I'm I'm looking in here. Uh, 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 subsection A, paragraph C. Little Mermaid rules. Okay. Yeah. If, no, I, I've uh, ridden on that ride in Disney World enough times to know that that is a, that is a correct statement. There's always a cost. Magic always has its price. That's what I've learned from Once Upon a Time. And it'll only cost you eight dollars a month, especially if you use the code isometric and not Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket is a better code. It's a better Whoa. code. Yeah. Whoa. See, no, yeah. if you use this, the Rocket code, then you do have to sign over your soul in addition to using the code. <laughs> you also have to sing a jingle. Which you, which nobody would be able to hear because you'd have given up your voice. Yep. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a loophole. You, you, basically, the Rocket code is uh, it, it's ineffectual. I, I don't know that that word means what you think it means. Do you really want to get on the bad side of Christina Warren, Mika? Do you? Uh, no, you don't. I, I'm actually more worried about Simone poisoning us with her lunch. Yeah, so. I think it's Simone I have to worry about. Like, Christina and I are bros, but it's Simone who I'm like, all right, she's shifty. I don't know where she's going to go next. She, she's been studying at the at the feet of the assassins for way too long now, and, and it's really something that, that you should really be more concerned about than you are, I think, Brie. Who do you think is more likely to be a serial killer, Simone or Georgia? No, I don't think she would be a serial killer. I think she would be a cold-blooded assassin. Well, but but I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so you think Georgia? You think Georgia is the more likely serial killer? Well, I think Georgia would h- definitely hide it better. Hmm. According to the definition yeah. of serial killer, which you know, one of those things is that you've killed multiple people. Know that you've killed a lot of cereal, and I have eaten a lot of cereal in my day. So it's like the dog from Cookie Crisp, right? Yeah. I like cereal. Only Georgia has history actually killing people, so I think we have to go with uh, Georgia here. She's the cereal killer. And that leprechaun from Lucky Charms, he has a lot of blood on his hands. That's true. That's true. Simone might be an aspiring cereal killer, but uh, our dear friend Georgia is, you know, she's, she's got blood on her hands. Georgia, are you able to feel emotion for other people? Oh, God. Do you mean can I fake it? Is this WebMD? Or feel it? I can't answer I that question. Of a can you feel anything after 96 episodes of Isometric? <laughs> <laughs> There's not much. You know, you can do anything for 10 seconds at a time. What? That was too no. long. 10 seconds. That's not true. That's that. not true. You can't. I don't know. Like Python, I can't code Python for ten seconds. Well, at a time. Am I supposed to believe you or Kimmy Schmidt? Well, <laughs> I, I think, think I have more her. credibility than Kimmy Schmidt. I do. Uh, I do. You have a better track record with uh, African Americans. All right, <laughs> dropping bombs. Let's wow. move along here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, now, now that we've it's taken us forty minutes to get to get <laughs> to get to our serious topic. Oh, oh I almost don't want to because it's like I know <laughs> such a dark topic. Do we want to do it this way? It's up to you. Do you want it's... to wait till next week? Let's let's knock it out. Let's knock okay, it out. Okay, so so we, we you know this all this silliness is kind of leading us up to getting that out of our out of our system before we can have this serious discussion. And, and this may be something that uh, this isn't strictly video game related, but you know that's not really anything out of the ordinary for what we've been doing the last few weeks. <laughs> but um, we, we do want to have a kind of a discussion about what's been going on in American politics recently because with, with a, a, an avowed Canadian. Um, <laughs> that makes her objective. It the makes outsider's objective. perspective. Yeah. Yes. Uh, looking at this thing from the, from a distance uh, up over the wall. So um, we want to talk about, you know, we had we just had the big 
uh, Super Tuesday primary in the U.S., where a number of large states uh, vote to choose who their candidates are going to be for the different parties. And and if you've been following any of the news at all, you know that Trump has won uh, most of those states in the in the Republican primary. And there have been a number of uh, people who have been coming out this week as people are starting to realize that he's not a joke and that it's a, a very serious possibility that he will be the Republican nominee for president. That looking at why he is appealing to people the way that he is. And there was this this fantastic article that uh, Amanda Taub wrote for Vox talking about uh, how authoritarianism is starting to manifest itself in the United States and how a, a number of things like the the fear of physical of, of terrorism and um, the need to have somebody who's going to take action almost no matter what it is has led to the rise of someone like Donald Trump for the nomination for one of the major political parties in the U.S. And, and so, Georgia, since you have the superpower of knowing how people's brains work, I think we wanted to have a discussion with you about how we are getting here and what leads somebody to want to, you know, give the power of the United States over to someone like Donald Trump, who in someone who is has a lot of controversial views and is frankly is saying a lot of racist and otherwise offensive things. And can, it seems can like, before yeah. can before we get yeah, that over to sure. Georgia, because I want to hear everything from you, Georgia. I just I want to say one thing really quickly before we do this. Look, if you follow me on Twitter, you know how I vote. You know, we didn't want to do this topic today to blast you if you are a conservative. Yeah. That's not how I vote. But I respect that. Like, you know, everybody gets an opinion. We can be friends if you want to vote that way. This is not about this is about Donald Trump. And that's it. And the reason I felt like we had to talk about this today is that particular article is scary as hell. Yeah, it is. It is truly terrifying. And the reason it's terrifying is because it's talking about how Trump is a symptom He's not a disease. He's not a single candidate. What's effectively happened is a third authoritarian party has sprung up in the United States. And, you know, Trump is hitting the buttons of this really dark underbelly of American politics that does react to racism and sexism and xenophobia. And as, as an American, that, you know, a lot of the work I do is because I care about the United States tech economy and I love my country and I want people to have good jobs here with a lot of potential. And it is truly terrifying to me to see the way that this is springing. So I just, you know, George, I'm going to throw it all open to, over to you because you, you understand the psychology here. But I really want to say this is not about bashing conservatives. Mitt Romney did a speech today, and I I walked the streets of New Hampshire trying to get that dude not elected in 2012, but I was, like, saluting my TV. I was so, like, you just keep saying that, Mitt Romney, because he was so dead on. So I just wanted to put that out there. What do I was wanting to know? Because from here in Canada, like, like, <laughs> um, yeah, that's generally the reaction to this stuff. Is, is that <laughs> well, okay? So like, we were like, Canada's were pretty like our our conservatives are really very liberal, right? So 
like we're quite a liberal, open, free to whatever you want, you know, you're green or purple. We don't care um, here. Um, so when like, you know, we see stuff come out and people say stuff and we're like, you know, like at first it's like, ha 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 ha, that's so funny. And then after it's like, whoa, wait a second, that's serious. Mm-hmm. And now people are going, how do how do you find with people that are around you that are like supporters to Trump, what are they saying, and what are what do what do Americans say about this? Are people just like, "Oh, this is a great idea," or what? What do you find? I I personally do not know any Trump yeah. supporters, and if they did, I would I, I really would I would I would ask them out for a respectful lunch, and mm-hmm. I would try to change their minds. And just in my circle, I I don't I see Trump bumper stickers here in Massachusetts. But I, I personally don't know anybody. Yeah, and, and there's something, you know, and I don't know if this is the same everywhere, but there's definitely like kind of a taboo on talking about politics in, mis- in mixed company generally outside of Facebook. Mm-hmm. So if there, Facebook. I, I don't go on to Facebook like ever. So I don't I could have friends who are Trump supporters and I wouldn't know it. But I generally it's not the kind of thing that comes up in general conversation like outside of social media. Yeah, I mean the same. Even here in uh, the the good old Midwest, they I I don't personally know any uh, supporters. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's tough to to really know uh, to get into the psyche of a person who does um, <clears throat> who does support uh, Donald Trump for for president and support his views. Um, I will say that uh, being part of a uh, national or rather international news company uh, and and you know covering him as well as the other candidates means seeing a lot of uh, reaction from the people who do support him um, and they are just as if not more you know ferocious than than other um, than supporters of other candidates so there certainly uh, is a a group of of very loud individuals um who i have seen you know stand up in support of um of him and his beliefs okay well let's let's kind of go into many different facets of um how any of this happens so the first thing is that he's a celebrity and he was a celebrity for a really long time and a lot of people know him so most of the money that you have to spend is in getting yourself known unfortunately uh, for the good and the bad, um, advertising works. Even if we see the name of a brand, we don't know anything about it. But just by seeing it, our our limbic system, the part of our brain that deals with threat analysis, says that something that we see more often and it has not as of yet killed us must be safe. And we like it more. And that's why people spend billions of dollars, companies spend billions of dollars on advertising. Because hmm. it answers to a very primal area of our brain even if that is only for a moment and even if we have no clue what that product is about, later when we see it, we will usually choose the one that we have seen most often, unconsciously. And so Trump has that already in the bag because he has so many different shows. People see Trump's brand and they see it as they view it as expensive, um, successful, um, something that other people would want to be. A life of luxury. Um, they believe it as him, his own self-made. And so that already counts for a lot, like a lot more than people um, would really give value to it. And even before we talk about authoritarianism, um, demagoguery, uh, narcissism, and other things, the second thing is he's really straightforward. 
He says what he believes. Like, you can tell that this is not what he says comes out of his mouth. It's not, like, you know, sanctioned from any um, speechwriter. It's brashed. It's often what the lowest common denominator would come out of our, our you know, your mouth, um, you know, without a second thought. And so a lot of people feel that he's very relatable and very straight. Now, um, unfortunately, for, you know, someone that would become, the uh, like, a really powerful person, you really want thoughtful discuss thoughts when you're going to be dealing with other political leaders. But I think that people um, enjoy that. They find that refreshing. And people often want something very different from what they have. They think that that will be better for them. And so then we deal with that on the second case. And then the third case. Um, so, you know, when we talk about terrorist threats, things that, you know, derail our own levels of safety um, the fear of change, the fear of how rapidly our cultures are changing to becoming more accepting, more open. Uh, the worlds are becoming smaller. We also can read every horrible story on the Internet and the click of a button. Everyone's sending horrible, scary stories to each other on Facebook. So we are more frightened now, even though we are a much safer part of the world than we've ever been. And that's for Canada and for the States. We are safer than we have ever been, yet we feel much more afraid. We keep our kids closer. We're becoming bubble wrapped to them. They can't even go to the park alone. Um, but our levels of um, violent crimes in most of the States and all of Canada have gone down starkly. And yet we feel more frightened because of that. And what happens when we feel more frightened is we become exceptionally narrow-minded. We will give up our own rights for the safety and security of someone that says that I can protect you, I can make things safer, I can do this in a really straightforward way that, that you know, like say, like build a fence. Building a fence, everyone can understand what building a fence is. It's never that easy, it's never that straightforward. But to say that, everyone understands. And people will lean towards a very strong authoritarian figure when they feel frightened and or threatened, we want to find someone that will keep us safe, that seems to be exceptionally sure-minded of that and very straightforward of how they will do it. We, like, we will follow those that seem to have a really strong plan. Unfortunately, most of the world doesn't work that way, but to become elected is different than to actually run something. And so when people, now we can deal with people then that also might have an undercurrent of not wanting the world to change, not wanting it to be opened up, wanting to, um, you know, keep all good things only for themselves and become very self-based instead of thinking of things in, a, you know, what would other people need and what is the right thing to do. So then they also will lead towards someone that would be authoritarian, very closed, very, um, you know, bring back the old ways that people are afraid of getting rid of. I'm so depressed, Georgia. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, the thing of this this article that was just so terrifying. You know, I hope everyone out there will read it because, like, Amanda did an amazing amount of research. Like, this isn't uh, an article that took a day. This was a month of her life to to do. She interviewed the top people in the field, and you know, this is a really dark side that's coming out. And something I keep stressing is when people see a society that's changing 
And, you know, you see, uh, you know, for instance, uh, black people getting more power in the political sphere. We see, you know, gay people having the ability to marry. We see transgender uh, people becoming, thank God, more normalized in our media. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain people that see that and become terrified of it. And it's uh, the article says it's almost like a button is pushed in your mind where you want the the walls to come up and you mm-hmm. want like to just kick any of the the people that disagree with you out. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question for you George is like it doesn't like pointing to the god awful things that Trump is saying and doing isn't working. The party, like Mitt Romney coming out today, this is someone that to my eyes I don't agree with him on anything. I don't like the his economic plan. Uh, I, I I don't agree with him on anything, but he is somebody that seems very very credible, and he's coming out and saying like, no, this is a really bad thing for the Republican Party, and it's a bad thing for America. So how, like, help me psychologically? How do people in the American system? change this? Like, what options do we have? Now, obviously, this year, I will be walking the street, knocking on doors, driving to nearby swing states, and doing whatever I can for the election. But like, leading up to that, how can we talk to the people in our lives? How can we have dialogue with people we disagree with? Like, I feel so powerless. Well, let's 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 mention a, a few moments of why people are so scared of change. Like it goes back to tribalism, right? Like we lived in a small little t- part of the world. We very rarely moved from that part of the world. And usually people that looked different from us, sounded different from us, were actually very dangerous to us because they were a different tribe and they were only coming if they wanted something from us. And so we're innately made to Um, be akin to things that look similar to us and what we've grown up in, even to foods. Children will feel more comfortable with foods that have similar textures, tastes, shapes, that foods that they've grown up with. Um, Languages, um, activities, change is very scary for us on an innate level. And that's with everyone. If you grew up in a part of the world where there's a lot of differences where change is the norm. You're going to be much more open to accepting and trying out different things. But um, change is also about losing, letting go of control. And so that was also really scary for us. And so when you're dealing with someone that's saying, you know what, I'm going to bring things back to the way that they used to be. I'm going to keep your world um, from changing to something new. It kind of sets off this really limbic, archaic trigger in our mind to say that that must be the right thing to do because I'm frightened. The real words is that people are scared. They're worried because something new is an added risk and they liked the status quo, probably because the status quo fit them well. It doesn't help out for if you are outside of that status quo, if you are someone that has taken the other side of the fence And so one thing is that people need to start having a dialogue about what's really happening and what are the costs and risks of, you know, having a very closed and small view on what your world will be. And so I think that it's it's a really difficult thing to get people when they're feeling threatened 
to be able to, we, we end up going through something. One is we end up with cognitive bias. So that means that every, you will then, so say that you say that a certain set of people are bad for whatever reason you've decided that. Well, every time you hear a story that they actually did something good, we almost whitewash it. We don't even consider that that happened versus when we hear a story that confirms a belief we already have, we're like, ah, you see, that's another point. That's why I believe this. And so we're almost self-feeding our own way of thought. And it takes a really um, strong-minded person or someone that's done a lot of philosophy or that really wants to look to themselves to say, well, wait a second, maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe, you know, I should look at the other side of things. People don't even like to read articles or stories that are against their own viewpoint because that causes a lot of distress, emotional distress in our mind. To be able to go through something called cognitive dissonance, which is when we have two opposing belief systems and they kind of have to battle for supremacy. We don't like to have differing thoughts and so it's hard to reach out and to do it in a way that is non-threatening so that people can say, hmm, let me think on this. Um, because I think that especially in politics, people get really, really angry really quickly. And so because of that, we, we almost build stronger and stronger fences. And it's like you become more polarized, which is, I think, also what's happening with people choosing a very polarizing um, person is because of that, because they're like, well, I'm going to go as far away from who we already have as possible, even if that person is, it might not be the best person for the country. Or I'm not even going to look at another option because this is where I feel safe. And often mm. safe complacency really does lead to emotional death. Like we should venture out beyond where we feel comfortable to find out what might be a different truth. But I, I don't think that many people um, on any side of the fence are comfortable with thinking that maybe I'm wrong in this. Well, I think we see a lot of that uh, on the left. Yeah, you know, frankly, I, I hope I'm not betraying anything, but we, uh, a lot of leaders on the left, frankly, have had a lot of internal discussions behind closed doors about some very frightening tendencies we see on the left. Uh, I think more and more, I think there's a real conversation about, you know, social justice Twitter, if it's even a constructive thing anymore. Um, it seems like, you know, someone's trying to express themselves in 140 characters and you don't have any context of who they are as a person. And we just kind of delight in tearing them to bits. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, something... I, I mean, I realize there's a, a tendency in human behavior to kind of define what you're already doing as, as the right thing. True. But That's I mean, something it, it is, but something I've always prided myself in is I really think my record as a leader shows that I am very willing to talk to people I disagree with. I'm very willing to go find common ground. Really good example of this is, uh, you know, I took a lot of heat for having a coffee of Brad Wardell of Stardock, who's a very, very famous Republican in our field. And I did that because we had been insulting each other on Twitter for weeks and months. And I got to a point one day where I'm like, this is childish. He is the CEO of a big company. My company is a little bit smaller, but I'm definitely seen as a leader here. I just want to go have coffee with him and talk to him like an adult. And I got a lot of heat from Twitter about that and a lot of my friends. And I don't think that's healthy. I don't think the culture is healthy on the left that we have such a problem with talking to people we disagree with sometimes. So mm -hmm. I, 
I don't know. It's it's really scary to me. I mean, if you can't have a discussion with anybody who you disagree with, then how is anything ever going to get done? Yeah. I mean, you can't if you're if it's just going to be talking to people who are within your own echo chamber and reinforcing the belief, the the views that you already know that you have. Then, like, what what's the point? You're never going to get anywhere. You're just going to get more angry at somebody else for tweeting something that day. Yeah. And the right. worst the worst part is that I don't think that people are that far apart. Um, you know, I don't think that anyone would say that, you know, yeah, sometimes when you hear about, uh, you know, an attack on on people that you care about that that's in your country, that makes people scared. I think that everyone wants to keep the country safe. I think that it's, you know, change is hard for most people. It may be that you're more open minded to some things, but it might be something else, a type of change that could be scary. We, um, you know, want to make sure that our future is protected. We want to make sure that we have enough food on the table. We want to make sure that we leave this world as a better place than where it is now. And so I think that there's more things that join us than separate us. But unfortunately, we get caught on hot button issues that kind of pull us away from, you know, how instead of being polarized, I think that most people are somewhere in the middle anyways. And we could probably find a common ground and how would be the best way and in how would be the best way to get us to sell happier, safer, um, economically stable, taking care of everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something I really try to remember when it comes to these discussions is they've done studies and they have shown that if you sit down and you look at the entire breadth of policy issues, like everything the United States does and has to do, um, did you know liberals and conservatives agree with each other much more <laughs> than um, a Republican would agree with someone who is not interested in politics or a Democrat would agree with someone that's not interested in politics. And I think that's interesting because mm-hmm. I do think sometimes we, we magnify these these you know, micro differences. But, Micah, this is where I kind of want to get your opinion on this, that you know, there's a, a Facebook meme that's going around. And, you know, I'm trying to not be dramatic here, but I am – very worried about my personal health and safety mm-hmm. if Trump were to become president. And, you know, mm-hmm. Micah, I know for you, there's a, a really big racial component that's going on here, too. Absolutely. And that, and that Facebook meme that's going around is like, oh, all my white friends are joking about, like, oh, I'm going to move to Canada if, if Trump wins, ha, ha, ha. And minority friends are like, I'm gen- genuinely terrified for my safety. So, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this? Because I'm scared. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I want to speak specifically about uh, the state of of kind of the, the mindset in the country. Um, you know, as a reminder, I am a professional journalist working for a national news organization, and we do have a strict ethical code that I have to abide by. Um, and so I'm not going to speak specifically to uh, candidates and, uh, you know, <laughs> what who or who I may not be voting for. But when it comes to um, the mindset of of this country, I am scared. I watched a video yesterday of a silent, uh, nonviolent black woman walking through a crowd of of um, white men at a Trump rally, 
And they were shoving her. They were calling her all of these names. They were just, uh, you know, just, just doing everything that they could to, uh, make her feel unsafe and make her feel unwelcome. And, um, you know, I work close to the University of Missouri and, uh, the University of Missouri was in the headlines recently. Uh, f- for those who might not know, it's it's also called Mizzou, and that might be a, a way that you're more familiar with it. But um, our university had a student, um, a graduate student, who went on a hunger strike to get um, the the head, the president of the um, of the university systems removed because he. Uh, showed time and time again, and the organization showed time and time again uh, that they they weren't going to address uh, issues of racism and um, systemic. Uh, uh, well, I can't, I can't even think of the term right now. I'm getting a little heated. Anyway, um, and and you know there, there are all these mindsets in place that. Uh, that people again, you know, they don't want to change. Uh, they want they want to keep things the way that they are now. And when we challenge those things, like this student did, um, and then eventually, you know, it got national news. It got to national news level when the um, the football team decided that they weren't going to play games until there was some sort of response to this. Uh, that's the thing that ended up making a difference. But uh, we heard, you know, some some terrible things from people uh, about about black people, frankly, uh, because of this event. And I'm genuinely scared uh, and genuinely I shouldn't be shocked, but I am. I'm shocked at the fact that a person uh, or at least an idea uh, of, of just so much hatred and so much mistrust and and so much wanting to uh you know just completely undo the social changes that we've made and frankly the things that we're dealing with right now would would get so much support i mean you know i have i have multiple things to be concerned about as a bisexual black man who is in a relationship with a man at this time and you know I already live in in the Midwest where those things are a little bit easier, I mean, are a little bit harder to, uh, you know, uh, exist. And to, to add to that, you know, the, the potential of a president who would suggest that um, maybe it'd be best if, uh, you know, LGBT etc. People are not allowed in this country, or uh, we're going to build a wall and keep people out. All of these things are just very concerning. And yeah, I think that there's uh, every reason to be concerned, because even if we're not speaking about someone uh, specifically, you know, Trump could get the presidency, and there's only so much that a president can do. Uh, But when you think about it, how was the president brought into power by by the country and by the people who who believe that this person should be in power and who believe in this person's viewpoints? So that means that a large swath of people believe the things and believe in the things that this person is saying. And that's terrifying because I didn't know that the country that I love so much 
and that I was so proud of when um, I found out that it would be okay for me to marry my boyfriend. Uh, and I found out that, you know, and, and years ago it was, it was uh, cool that my dad and my mom got together as a uh, mixed race couple and, you know, married. It's just like, you know, these are, these are social um, improvements that have been made. And now we're talking about a person and an, and a, a viewpoint that all of those things are wrong and that we shouldn't do those things. And that simply because someone has a specific religion or belief or comes from a certain place, then they shouldn't be trusted and we should, you know, screen them more or we shouldn't allow them into the country or what have you. It's terrifying. And yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I I have to say though, I think it's really easy to, you know, I think it's really easy to point at Trump as the problem here. And I think all too often it's more productive to go look in the mirror and to to ask, like, how did we get to this point? Like, it's easier mm-hmm. to blame others than to like take accountability. And mm-hmm. I have to say, like, guys, all respect to you. Georgia, you grew up in Canada. The Midwest has a certain kind of, of culture. But I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up in the poorest state in the United States. I have been to towns that didn't have schools where you would meet poor kids that grew up without electricity that would probably never leave their trailer park in their lifetime. I have, and one of my strongest memories when I was a college student is I remember uh, it was during the Iraq war and I walked in and I looked at our student body uh, president and I said, um, you know, wow, there's a big report that came out yesterday that we've killed 100,000 Iraqis in this war. What do you think of that? And he looked me dead in the eye, this is our student body president, and said, that's progress. Mm. And there is a dark heart of racism and xenophobia that is sadly part of the American character. And I can't help but like ask myself how we got to this point. And I think it's, I think like, Fox News has like created this monster that gets people scared all the time. But I see these same forces on the left. And this is the part I want to see about looking in the mirror. When I post something tonight and make a tweet that's a salient point about Caitlyn Jenner not being a very good transgender activist. And I have people screaming at me saying I'm transphobic. This is a part of this this extreme negativity that I used to just associate with a certain party that I see eating this country apart. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I'm perfect at this. I'm not. My temper gets the best of me on a daily basis. But I try to get in there to my better nature and go, okay, let's not shame people online. Okay, let's accept that someone else has a different opinion. Let me try to say this the kindest way possible. And I see all of our political discourse going to this place that absolutely terrifies me. I mean, at the end of the day, Trump's just an opportunist. And and yeah. you can debate whether he believes the things that he says or not. And you can – whether he does or doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But the the fact of the matter is that – these there's a, a segment of the population that's been told by both parties you're not welcome here and trump's being very careful to not say that they are welcome here but he's also being very careful to not say that they're not welcome here right and so 
they're finding they're people who may not have wanted to vote for either party because they didn't feel welcome and now they are not feeling unwelcome so they're willing to vote for him i mean it, he's very deliberate and he's very good at taking advantage of it of an opportunity and that's how he got to where he is business wise mm -hmm. and he's doing that you know with the with the public discourse too and it and it just happens to be working but he didn't create this necessarily and you can debate whether he actually believes half the things that he says or if he's just saying them because he knows that that will get people to to follow him and trust him so. right and i think that that's that's the thing right there you know again going back to what you said brie yes frankly this is not about um and i hope that i didn't give the impression that i'm speaking specifically uh about him because again that's uh not within uh, my ethical grounds to do and it, mm -hmm. it's not just about him it's about the way that this country thinks as a whole and it's about the the trends that i'm seeing you know we've we've got these we've got these positive social changes happening but when you look at like where those things are coming from, it's not from from, you know, the the political parties that we put in power uh, so much as it is from. Well, frankly, the media is slowly but surely making changes to make sure that the people are uh, given awareness of, of these different groups and uh, our judiciary system uh, looking at what the law is and interpreting the law and uh, coming to those conclusions. And yes, we can go, well, because we elected this person and then this person got to put this person in power, but casting, like looking, putting that aside, the legislative body for the most part is not the one that has made the changes that uh, are, are positive as far as I see them in, in terms of social change with with our um, our steps forward in terms of LGBT equality mm -hmm. and in terms of racial equality and things like that. So it's just, um, it's troubling to me that uh, clearly, you know, whoever happens to be in power, uh, the the important things about about humanity and about people, you know, and, and humans being equal and being seen as equal, that those things are not are not there. And, and it's scary seeing uh, this this racial tension across the United States continue to be a thing so far into like this is 2016. And yeah. there's a woman uh, who's being, you know, shoved and called terrible names because she dares uh, carry a sign in front of uh, a group of Trump supporters or, um, you know, a rally for the for a party where uh, a group of African-American students were asked to leave, despite the fact that they were aside from the part, you know, they were aside from the group of people and they said nothing. Uh, yeah. The police still asked them to leave. So this is just, so, you know, I, it's scary. Mike, this is where I have to say this. And I I say this with all respect to people that did not grow up in the South. But I think I see this all the time living in Boston. And I, I, I see us talking to Simone sometimes because I, I adore Simone, but she is she didn't grow up in the South like Christina and I did. I have seen Ku Klux Klan rallies. I have seen conservative people at a school have gay people near them and police have had to be called because someone was legitimately going to get seriously hurt. I have seen racial tensions and these kind of things flare up in ways that threaten violence. And I think sometimes we 
see these pictures in the past and we want to imagine that it's you know something we've moved past. Georgia, you said something I think about all the time where you said like we like to think that we've really advanced past like, you know, the the caveman days and, mm-hmm. and we haven't to a certain extent. Like our limbic system is very much the same. Mm-hmm. So I I'm you know, Micah, I see that and I am truly terrified of what happens if you know, like, I'm a pretty well-known figure on the left. Like, what happens if I'm out and someone doesn't like what I have to say, right? Like, I'm going to be in, in Texas soon. I see this movement that we're going as a country, and this isn't about Republicans or Democrats. It's about this segment, like, it's what the article said. It's this third authoritarian party that seems to have merged from this. And it really scares me. I mean, George, is there any answer here other than to just try to be more kind in the way you approach people? I mean, is there anything we can do? It's it's kind of interesting because there are some things that really work well. And um, it's funny because it's the opposite. Often the way that we reach change is going in the opposite direction than we feel comfortable going. And I think it's something that you mentioned before, Brie, um, is that there was... Um, and I don't remember their names, but there was a very uh, famous Ku Klux Klan head of um, some organization, and um, he ended up having a, a black friend who, even though they had completely dis- dis- disagreeable thoughts about um, each other, um, they ended up talking, and they would just have tea, and they would just talk together. And in the end, they became really close friends, and... Um, the Ku Klux Klan leader left the Ku Klux Klan and started to um, start a movement for people that were reforming from being in the Ku Klux Klan and why he was wrong. And so the way that we get past this is through dialogue, is through um, doing what you did and talking to people and having lunch and realizing that we're not that different, that I'm not scary, that um, my choice in who I'm friends with, where I go to school, what my job will be, what my sexuality is, Um, What color is my skin? What disabilities I may have is not a threat to you and your way of life and your safety and your well-being and your happiness. And so we need to move past that feeling of tribalism where different is bad. And the only way to do that is by talking and having open discourse where you're not... um, you know, doing the street fighter way of annihilating people, but trying to have... <laughs> Don't um, judge me, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> in street fighter, that is all good. And it is the samurai way of playing street fighter, which I totally agree with. Um, but to be able to um, listen to what other people are saying and find places where you both agree and start there, instead of doing what most people do in an argument is... You're, you're constantly trying to build up a better wall and have better armament. And that's a great way in how to start a, um, you know, war culture and, you know, start another Cold War. Um, but to be able to, to start something where we are together, it's the opposite. It's saying, you know what, I understand how you're scared about, um, you know, people coming from a different country because they're, they're so different and that could be frightening. I get that. I'm scared and I have kids and I care as well. But maybe what about this? And so it's it's hard to do because we're often so upset, so riled up. We 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 have fights about like 
you know, I, I remember having some of the worst things about like what iPhone we use or, you know, not oh. updating my OS or like, you know, if I'm not going to get a Wii U. Um, but, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. But. but well, th- no, no, those are disagreements, Georgia. That's just you, you're, the fact that you're wrong. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> There's but, not really two sides to that discussion. You're just wrong. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many places where whenever we start and whenever I um, deal with in therapy, it's always I try. I cannot do therapy with someone that I don't um, I can't see in a happy, positive light. And so I always try to find something that I'm akin to. And I think that in almost all cases, you can find that with someone and and be able to see that. Um, unless- Is that why you were able to do isometric with me? Right there? <laughs> Always. I know there's good in Bree. It's yeah. not. It's not all it's gone. Take, it may take 96 there episodes, is, but damn it, I will is, find it. There's <laughs> no one that makes me laugh more, Bree. There's no one that makes me laugh more. Uh, all right. Well, I think we should probably, um, unless anybody has anything else to say, we should move on to some listener feedback to kind of bring us bring us back from that that dark edge that we. Oh, were kinda... be some happy questions this week. Well, well, we have be some feedback. <laughs> We oh, have no. some we have some feedback about the uh, the, the video game soundtrack okay. uh, discussion that we had last week. So we have uh, an email from Max Poland. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, but um, who says that the be- one thing that we missed is that the best soundtrack of any games in many years is Crypt of the Necro Dancer, and the original Danny B version is awesome, and there are multiple remixes, um, and you can get them on Apple Music, Google Google Play, and Steam. So. Hmm. Um, well, thank you kindly. Yeah, I, I actually I thought about that. I actually I like it in the game. I actually don't like it listening to it by itself outside of the game. It makes Crypt of the Necro Dancer. So if you like that music, that's certainly something that you can go get also. And we have a couple of uh, voicemails that people sent us through email. So there was one um, one more piece of feedback about the uh, about the video game soundtrack. So we'll start with that. Hello, Isometric Show. This is Jonathan from South Carolina again with a quick follow-up. I sent in the question about the soundtracks to your show number 95, The Church of Briannatology. And I've added those uh, recommendations to my playlist, but something something made me uncomfortable about that section of the show. Uh, and I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, and, but I listened to it. And after listening, I had a very restless night and I wasn't sure why. So uh, I reached out to some other isometric listeners who've got digital audio experience, and they subjected the show to more scrutiny. And we discovered that if you link together the audio of the music recommendations and then play that track backwards, you can isolate the following sound. That is fantastic. I admit to you that uh, in a moment of weakness, Steve, I suspected you of doing this. uh, But uh, upon reflection, I think it is absolutely crystal clear that this is the work of the dastardly Casey Liss. Only he would be so cruel as to subliminally troll me and other isometric fans in our newfound koala phobia and then try to frame Georgia for it. And, you know, he's got to be stopped. So we formed this collaborative network, and we are going to be going back through the catalog for Isometric and looking for other tampering. And right now, I'd like to say something to Mr. Liss. You mark my words, sir. One day, your reign of terror will end. 
Can I just say, like, everyone needs to understand what just happened there. You know my campaign against koalas? That sound you were hearing in the background behind the chocobo music was the sound of a koala growling. I'm not kidding you. That wasn't some wild boar. That wasn't some, I don't know, uh somebody snorting into their pillow no that is what koalas sound like when they growl and that is why they are the devil and should be removed from this earth you know russell actually had a koala like tearing up his backyard after we recorded that episode i'll have to find i think he posted it on twitter i'll have to find a link to it but he had a video of the koala and the koala did not sound happy no, or was the, it a video uh, or, a, or a picture? There was it was a, a photo. Yeah. What yeah. happened was uh, apparently the koala had smelled some eucalyptus oil that he had put on um, a fridge to remove some stickers. So it was clawing at his back door, and when he went to check the back door, there was nothing there. So he went to check uh, the other door, and he saw the koala just hanging out outside, like, "Hey, what's up? Uh, can can I come in? Uh, no, you can't come in because you spread chlamydia and sadness." <laughs> Uh, Whoa! I I just want to tell that listener that I'm a being behind, but beyond your comprehension, uh, and resistance is futile. <laughs> you will fall before sovereign. <laughs> just gonna say that. Uh, that was incredible, though. Thank you for that. That was great. Uh, that call. That was great. Was was I have good. to listen to it again. I laughed so hard during part of it. I right? I, I didn't hear it all. <laughs> I hope the show starts with just that that growl. Just that noise. It, it always does, Bree. It always does. Okay, <laughs> it's just subliminal. All right, so here's here's one more that we got. Hi, Isometric Crew. This is Lister Kevin calling with some very important information about the next presidential election. So I play a lot of Civilization, and in the Civ community, DAO, when it's not being used to ward off George's evil falcons, is frequently used as an acronym for Declaration of War. I thought this was very important information for the voters to know, and I was also wondering what the other candidates thought this says about George Dow's character and about how fit she is to become the next president of Isometric Land. Thanks. I mean, this should surprise exactly nobody. I'm glad this was brought to our attention, though. This is uh, very important. I, are, I have a team of scientists working on a way to stop Georgia right now. Georgia, de- wait, what is it again? Declare- <laughs> Declaration of War. Declaration of War. I thought you were going to call me a bad word. <laughs> oh, goodness. Georgia, Declaration of War, Chicken Parts Dow. You will be brought <laughs> to justice right parts. along with Casey Liss, your co-conspirator. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, actually, there was another uh, listener, Ashoki, wanted to know who won the debate. And I think we can all agree that there were no winners of that debate. What? There, there were only losers. There was, the only was, way to win I, is I not know, to play. I'll, I'll take the win. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Will you? Here we go again. <laughs> she takes the win by not being part of it. Yeah. Georgia declaration of war chicken parts Ge- Dow. That is not acceptable. Georgia declares a debate Dow. win by Street Fighter. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and and ask past Brianna Wu where chicken parts came where from. Come I truly from? don't know. Who did it was that? like it was like God spoke to me in a dream, George. Yeah. <laughs> you woke up in the middle of the night. I did. With a cold sweat. I was like chicken, chicken parts. parts. That could have been Frank, you know. I don't even. I don't even know. I, I, don't I worry know, but about that's Brianna. So funny. It it's was either problems. God or Frank. Uh, yeah. Oh, so we have more serious questions, but I, those are going to take longer. We're already an hour and a half, oh, so we can save those for next save week. Save them for next week. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> so no, do more we, serious do we stuff? Do want to make this announcement after all this? Or? Yeah, yeah, well, 
Okay, we're okay. we're gonna save it for next week. Let's uh, save it for next week. Yeah, we'll just keep them in suspense. I think. We are gonna have a very big announcement about isometric next week. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, I tried. Georgia tried to get out of her contract, <laughs> and I got my vicious lawyer to drive to Canada. It's like, no, Georgia, you can't get away. You can't get away. You signed so, with blood. Wait, so, Rocket Rocket got a law degree. That's right. That's right. It was Rocket. right after she learned how to program in Java. Yeah. <laughs> Born town to dog. That means yeah. the dog's potty trained as well. At this I mean, point Java really that. is for the dog, so that's appropriate. So that's, that's right. Good. Well, we wanted to start with something easy like Java. Yeah. Then we're going to get her to stop pooping in the house. And <laughs> <laughs> so we will have a major announcement about this show next week. I'm not going anywhere. Like George is not going anywhere. Micah, Micah, I'm are you going to be here, around? Everyone. Steve, what about you? What about you? Are you going to be around? Uh, I think so. You tell me. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. I, I I I serve at the pleasure of Brianna Wu. So I, you're, you know. you're not you're not getting away, Steve. Like there's like okay, there's a horror movie. It's called Insidious, where the family looks out their window and then there's just the eyes of this monster looking in on them. That would be me if you tried to get away from isometric. Like I'd just well, be outside your house. Anymore. Like, yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. All right, I'm so. very tall. I could see up over your hedges. <laughs> like the koala. Like the koala. Yeah. So we we're not going anywhere, but we will have a bit, very big announcement yeah. about this show next week. It's exciting. It's good. It's, it's so good. exciting. It's Are you pumped, Georgia? Chicken parts down. <laughs> no, nobody's leaving, and we're not leaving relay we're not either. Leaving. So no, we're, we're not coming back to five by bad. five. Yeah, because those are the, the those are the two big announcements we've had in the past, and it's neither of those things. So. Becoming a musical podcast yeah. where all we do is play songs from Bree's uh, soundboard. Yeah, that's that right. And klezmer music, just just you know to change things up. Bless you. Don't don't you deny me my heritage, Micah Sargent. <laughs> oh darn it! He heard me. <laughs> I was like trying to remain quiet, <laughs> and he heard but me. But before Drat. we go, Micah, yeah, you said darn it. Can you just do me a favor before the show ends and say, damn it? Can you please do that for me? Drat. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you Uh, actually Danger Mouse in real life? Is that really what you are? Uh, yeah, no. So it's funny. You're probably the I only was... person I can make that reference to who would actually understand it too. But I understand Danger Mouse. Oh, oh, did you watch Danger Mouse as a kid too? Yeah, of course. Oh, Danger Mouse. Was I was the a best. child of the '80s and '90s. Oh my course. god, that was when that was when Nickelodeon was about. That was the last thing before Nickelodeon went off, and then terrible A and E came on right after that. Yeah, I'm very disappointed with the, the you're never going to top the quality of you can't do that on television, Steve. Which that was a great totally show. Holds up. Oh, that was so. Okay. That was pretty good. That was a great yeah. show. Okay. Great show. Anywho, damn it. No, he did it. He did it. (laughs) He did it when we thought we weren't listening. I curse like a sailor uh, in my day-to-day I, life. I'm pretty sure I have texts from from Micah with F-bombs in them that I can yeah. use for evidence. Yes. But didn't he just type out F, then bomb? Yes, actually, that's a really good <laughs> I have a note I have to make. <laughs> you can find the show notes for this show at every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. And you can send – you can call your voicemails into – um, 339-368-8319 or you can email them as vo- as attachments to feedback at isometricshow.com. We are as always part of the amazing relay.fm network where you can hear Bree's other show Rocket and some other shows that she'll yell at me if I mention. And Don't, don't <laughs> dare mention them. No other shows. 
And you can follow all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And Bree, where can people find you? I, I'm not done. I'm going to delay and filibuster the show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I guess what? you could find me Space Cat Cow on Twitter. Okay. And, and Georgia, where can where can people find you? You can find me at Georgia underscore Dow. And if you're dealing with anxiety, anxiety-videos.com. Wait, what was that site one more time? <laughs> <laughs> anxiety slash emoji. Videos.com. I think it's the upside down smiley face emoji instead of a dash, I, if I, I remember correctly. I yes. don't know if you'll find it. It's actually a taco. <laughs> it's, it's chicken parts. Is that an available Twitter handle? Anxiety taco. Can we, can we find that? I think that's an unofficial name. Oh my gosh. So the chicken, chicken parts, parts are what cause you the anxiety and then the videos cure it. It's a cycle. It's a circle of life, really. That's true. The Georgia, you've got to change your handle life. to chicken parts. You've got to. Someone someone wrote me and I forget who a card that has like like Georgia chicken have a picture of it. It's hilarious and it has oh. all of who did it? My gosh. Who? Who? Was it what? Chickenparts.co is available on Hover. So yes. is chickenparts.net. Hey, hey, they're, and not, yes. org. they're not a sponsor this week. Chickenparts.org. All right, Michael, where can people... Like... Sorry. Go on. Michael, Sorry. where can people find you? You can find me at Micah Sargent, where I'll be practicing my Jack Power. Uh, so thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Squarespace and Braintree for sponsoring all the chicken parts of this episode. And uh, <laughs> isometric workers transform and roll out. I um I had I was finally given my designation uh of the of the sex in the city character that uh, I most likely resemble. So who, who Joseph you? Joseph Rosenstiel, our our dear friend of the show, um he once thought I was a let's see. Uh I was a Charlotte. Uh but apparently I'm I'm a Samantha because of the assless chaps conversation from that last episode. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and and right what on we settled one. on after I consulted with Christina Warren uh is that I'm actually a care is Carrie a character? Is Carrie the character? Yeah. Yeah, Carrie. That's who yeah. I'm a, I'm a Carrie. I'm a Carrie. So uh I'm neither a Samantha nor a Charlotte. I am a Carrie and I just want all of our listeners to know that. <laughs> There you, you go. think really? I don't know. Hmm. What do you George, think I am? I I uh I I don't think you fit in any of those archetypes, to be honest. I, I can Maybe, accept that. Yeah, more too. of a Charlotte. More of a Charlotte. Uh, you do on. lean towards Charlotte to me too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Based on what Christina yeah. said about Charlotte, uh Steve, this can't go in the episode. No. Well maybe it can. I don't know. I, it depends on whether we want to uh nobody, talk. nobody yeah. needs to hear this. No. Charlotte no. is the wasp who was afraid to look at her vagina. Um yeah. and I think that wasp this might go offend in the some episode. people. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and so I just, uh, I am not afraid to look at my vagina and oh, I'm not okay. a wasp. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it's not those, neither of those things. You really do come off as sweet and kind, thoughtful. Yeah, but she's also like not sexual. Like she's, she's, 
Uh, I, here we go. Now no, we're no, getting no. Into the she got thing. sexual. Like, she's sexual. I mean, that's she's not just true. very vanilla yeah. sexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. But that's not so the like defining character me. of Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> My vanilla sexual. What, you wanna, oh, what did you want to share with us about that? <laughs> I wear I wear a ring on my right hand. And uh, for the longest time, knowing that I am in a relationship, for the longest time, my coworkers thought it was a purity ring. <laughs> and so clearly, like, my That's branding, I have... Right. My branding is off because I don't, I'm not like internally, I'm not a Charlotte. I never thought I was, uh, you know, passing along the idea that I was a Charlotte. I would like to pass along the idea that I'm not a Charlotte. And so I'm just, I'm just distraught. Okay. I'm distraught. It's not a, you're taking all the worst. Look, here's the thing for Sex and the City. Every character, the reason that show is so popular is because every character is so flawed but they have so many good points that you love them anyway. Like, you know, this is this is why you like me, right? Like I mean, it's 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 I don't know. You're you're taking all the negative qualities of Charlotte and she is. She's at the beginning of the show, she's very stuck in her own experience. She can't get outside of it. By the end of the show, she has a wildly sexual um you know, relationship and awesome marriage to someone that's a Jew. And she started off as a Presbyterian and she had to get outside of her comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That is the arc of Charlotte. The same thing with Miranda. She was a bitch on wheels by the beginning of it. (laughs) And at the end of it, she had to like learn to let that control over things go. And like her entire arc was coming to love Steve, even though he was like someone who was not serious about his career, someone that wasn't didn't want bigger things for his life, but just had like a, a very sincere heart to him. And, you know, you're just you're missing the point of that character with all respect. Like you embody Charlotte in all the best ways. Right. To be fair, I'm only uh, I'm only working with what I was given, which was two sentences. about. I don't I've never seen the show. Never. <gasps> even. I, I was too Christian to watch a show that had sex in the title at the time. And so I've never seen the show. I know nothing about the show. And so the only thing that I knew was two sentences that were passed along to me about the characters. And so that's what I was basing those off of. So you're actually providing more nuance here that helps me better inform myself on what character I should be play or uh, you know that I most like I so I can't believe that people really thought that you were wearing a purity ring <laughs> <laughs> neither can I oh. that is hilarious that's awesome yeah so, so they my, my really branding think is you're off exceptionally Christian is really what they- they think I'm like prudish is what I'm understanding and you know I I would never uh, so here's the thing is that like I I live to not make other people uncomfortable. Like it is my goal in life to never make someone feel uncomfortable. My mom and, too. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And so, you know, one of the things that I have experienced being around truly prudish people is that I'm a little uncomfortable because I, you know, there are things that I feel like I can't say. And so, you know, knowing that they thought that about me made it, uh, made me kind of go, hmm, I wonder whenever they may have had like guarded conversations around me. And so like in passing off this, this uh, potential uh, brand that I am, you know, this incredibly prudish 
prudish person who like doesn't know what sex is it's like other people would be guarded around me i'd think and so that is my whole point in this and so when i heard that charlotte was this character who you know didn't even know what her vagina looked like then that's what i knew about her and i thought that that's what was being said about me like i had never i don't know explored my sexuality or you know wore a purity ring for example and so yeah though that's what the reaction was based in but uh uh you have helped give me a more nuanced definition of who charlotte is brianna and for yep. that i thank you so georgia who do you think you are what sex in the city character are who you? do you think you are georgia <laughs> Uh, I would probably be Carrie. I'm just uh, probably... You think everybody thinks they're Carrie. But Everyone I'm not, thinks they're I'm Carrie. Not, I'm not the other two characters for sure. I, I, but there are four characters. There's four characters. I really don't know the redhead Miranda. I don't really know what she's like. I'm not some wild, crazy, off-the-ball thing. And I'm not Charlotte where I'm really meek uh, either. Um, yeah. And, you know... She's she writes about sexuality. I help people with theirs. So yeah, it's probably the closest. But Carrie is a monster. Yeah, like, like she's terrible. I don't know. Bri, you You're should much go around better. and tell and decide who everyone is. Okay, so Steve, okay. who is Steve? Steve would be on a different show. <laughs> Steve would be Steve on okay, Sex Steve in the Brady. City. Yeah, he would. He would. Miranda's uh, Miranda's uh, boyfriend slash eventual husband. Because he's, he's very sweet. He has a heart of gold. Uh Aww. You know? Yeah. Just kind of the glue that keeps Aww. the show together. Aww. 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 This is yeah. sweet. Yeah. This is sweet. I don't know. Yeah, you don't really have okay, any archetype. Turn. Georgia. Who would Georgia be? I, I see where you're coming from, Carrie, maybe in the best parts of her, because she is very reflective and thoughtful about that. But Carrie has, Carrie's flaw is her very deep neurosis about mm. everything. Mm. And she has an insecurity that permeates absolutely everything on that show. Like, she doesn't think she's good enough for Mr. Big. She's worried she isn't going to be the one. That's why she sabotages her relationship with Aiden. That's why she ends up going off and trying to marry the Russian. Like, it's it's this insecurity that causes her to, like, destroy uh, everything she cares about. And to me, um, I think Carrie's actually the villain of that show. Um, wow. So I don't really feel like you have any of those qualities. You definitely have our positive ones, though. So mm. I found out who I am. Who are you? Who? I'm Magda. Magda? Oh! <laughs> Who's Magda? No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're like not. I no. just found an, an elderly no. individual. No, that's <laughs> not <laughs> it. <laughs> I think we're I think we're at the point where we better wrap up the show before we get ourselves into real trouble. Okay. My name's Micah and that's who I am. You don't want more sex in the city trivia, Steve? I I'm not gonna do well at a tech sex in the city trivia contest. I don't watch the show either. I my friend does though, so I I know a little bit about it. I can't believe I know more about this than anyone else on here. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry sorry to have let you down yet again. I don't. I'm more into like, you know, beating things up and like you know, yeah. the Georgia and Dow Maureen usually gaming. watches all that stuff while, while, the ki- while, you know, the kids and I are out of the house and she's, you know, just hanging out at home or whatever. So, so Georgia, I have a confession for you before the show Tell is me. over. I'm totally with you. Like I'm sometimes on rocket and Christina 
and uh, Simone will start like going on about Taylor Swift, and I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just sit there. I go, uh huh. Yeah, no. I, I... What, what's What's funny That's is great. now I probably know more about Taylor Swift than you do from having an uh, almost nine year old girl in the house. Absolutely, it's all Taylor Swift all the time. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. It's. Oh. it's I mean, I guess I'm kind of starting to appreciate. To appreciate her music as much as I have. Stockholm Syndrome. Right, right, right. He has to. Yeah, it, it's not as bad as I thought, you know, her music was, but it's... No, it's not bad. It's just like, Georgia, I'm with you. Like, I would genuinely rather watch 24 yeah. than, you know, a lot of other shows. Yeah, so, Vikings. Um, have you seen Vikings? Oh, Vikings is I've so not, good. I've not. I've not. Aubrey, you gotta see Vikings. Vikings is good. Vikings is really good. Good-looking main character. He has... Well, and that's why you like watch it. I don't the main character is my favorite. I love the female character. She's, like, sick. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, you got to see Vikings is really it's good, quite sick, good. not sick like. Yeah, it's yeah. Right, check it out. No, I'm watching OJ Simpson yeah. right now. Oh my god, it's so good. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not really. Um, I mean, it's violent, but it's it's violent. It's good. It's violence. It's, it's, it's you know cable TV violent as opposed to like HBO violent. It's so. pretty Steve, violent. My favorite show is a show where Jack Bauer goes. If if we're gonna get through today, you're not gonna like what it takes. And then he gets an axe and chops off a dude's head seen? and yeah. then takes it to someone's Whoa. child. Have you seen yeah, yeah. Spartacus, Bree? When, when you get when you get a chance, Bree, go Google Blood Eagle because they do one of those on the show. No, it's no, don't one. have I Google love it. Blood Just Eagle. watch the show. Just watch the yeah. show. Okay. You can't. You, I'm gonna watch something. that show. Which which Viking? Spartacus is great because it has hot men and women, sex and violence all wrapped together. I like all those things. I like everything you just... All wrapped together in a nice, great package. Oh, it is is all of that. 